Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think he's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. It's Wednesday and you are listening to the legacy. The velvet is rolling in your ears as we speak. <laughs> We got Trulies, we got White Claws, and we got Bush Light on the table. There ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Absolutely not. We got Brandon Silcox on. We uh, we looked around for a long time. We trying to branch out on the legend of the woods and not just get Midwestern guys. So we found a guy from Oklahoma. Um, Brandon decided said he would come on. He's a great dude. We made a, a pretty good friendship with him already through the week of planning this podcast and having him on, talking to him. Really passionate about hunting. Shot a giant. Um, for Oklahoma, like I said, I don't really know, and you guys realize how much I know about deer in Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't know anything about them eating pecan trees. Like, nothing. Did you know Did you know anything about that? Absolutely not. So this guy's hunting no ag, cedar tree thickets, pecan trees, <laughs> stuff that we know nothing about. So I had to ask him, like, are these deer, like, eating these pecans, you know? And Acorns then, is the only thing I know. And then, like, I was thinking, like, okay, so if someone's going to age a buck, right, and it's been eating pecans for, for four years, I feel like their teeth would be ground down. You know what I mean? So we didn't get into that, but I think that's a good topic that someone needs to cover. We're not knowledgeable enough to hit that, but no. anyways. So we wanted to get a legend from Oklahoma. This is a mid-180s buck. 
Um, epic story, couple year chase. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how else you get. I mean, Oklahoma. You don't hear a lot of 180s coming out of Oklahoma. So. No, there is a lot of 160s and 70s. Yeah. The last, you know, two, three years, they've been really coming out of there. And uh, it's definitely a state not to overlook now. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, the people were no going no-till to, and they're keeping that crops in the winter, and he thinks that's helping. But he's saying there's no ag there. So even if you got no ag, you know, like we know – Ball down in Georgia, he's hunting a lot of cedars and right. not a lot of ag and stuff, just timber. And uh, he's still growing pretty dang good deer. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's get into the partners that make this possible. We'll get into the show. Uh, let's start with uh, Veteran Broadhead. Homie, you are so prepared this episode. I am a little prepared. That's I, what happens when I have a little time on yeah. Friday afternoon. I can get prepared. I, I'm just going to let you just, I'm going to let you cover the sponsors on this. People <laughs> right. don't hear your voice on this enough. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I talk too much. Um, starting off with the Veteran Broadhead, uh, they're supporting the Bow Hunting League. Uh, we are going to have a little bit more information on that here in the coming weeks. Um, Matt has donated some broadheads to that, so, um, stay tuned for, for that in a couple weeks. Get into the VIP Veteran Broadhead shout-out. This week, we have Justin Staley. Uh, he's actually a long-time listener from way back, he said, um, and for me to just straight-up random message him and find out that he, like, I knew he was a veteran, so that's why I messaged him. And for him to just randomly say back that he was a, a long-time listener uh, kind of blew my mind, and, uh, you know, I really appreciated that. So Justin was seven years active duty in the Army with one deployment to Kuwait, Iraq from May of 07 through August of 08. Then he went to Afghanistan from September of 2010 to September of 2011 as a heavy equipment mechanic and specialized in heavy equipment transportation during his 07 and 08 deployment. While he was in Afghanistan, he worked as a mechanic for a coalition forces, and he and the company did transportation of goods and soldiers and civilians in Kabul. Uh, he was medically discharged after seven years active duty due to knee failure and a traumatic brain injury. So, Justin, we appreciate you um, doing a long time overseas, uh, twice, and... Um, I hope your knee's doing all right, and I hope everything above the shoulders is doing good well. Yeah, this just goes back, you know, we we appreciate veterans so much. We do this to appreciate you guys, and just like him, being a longtime listener and never mailing in the VIP shout-out, um, they, you know, they're just such solid people that they, they want to do stuff for others, you know, yep. they don't expect stuff for them. So this is another, no, we, we message this guy, you know, homie message this guy, so... I want the veterans, you know, we want to do this for you guys. So if you're a veteran and you listen to this show, be proud of that. That's something that me and homie didn't do. That's why we mm-hmm. want to do this. That's why we're passionate about it. We want to show the respect. You know, if I see someone with a hat, I, I stop awkwardly, shake that dude's hand, and he's probably like, this guy's awkward. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I try to be – I just bought a minivan, and I shake the dude's hand at the mini, you know, at the place. Like, the kid looked like he was maybe 18, 19, just joined – you know, thank you for your service. That takes a lot, you know what I mean? Sure. So, um, mail them in. We've been getting more than when we got when we started, but we still got to reach out and find them, which is insane to me. We know there's a lot of veterans out there that deserve credit. Absolutely. All right, let's get into ECW. You got it? 
Sure. Um, well, actually, it's for you. Are you going to get your 82-inch shed on a, your new Grunt Tube this year? I know you got the podcast logo on your one last year. On your new tube this mm. year, you're going to get the shed. 82-inch clean, typical five. If I had that ground to hunt, I'll day. Is that still up in the air? It's up in the air, yeah. Okay. I need to I need to knock that door. I've been working too many hours, man. For I know sure. that's a bad excuse. Yeah. But I like I get home at 8 o'clock at night. I don't want to knock on a guy's door. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, man, I really, you know what I mean? But, yeah. Uh, it's still up in the air, but man, there's some bangers on there. It's really good. That piece is fire. So, uh, that's what the shed said too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we the six. I found the six point clean side on there. Oh yeah, you back to back that night. Then the match set that's like one sixty on a random night before you're going to lacrosse. Or yeah, something. I was like, oh, I, I gotta like, hit this. Spot. I gotta hit this waterway. <laughs> well, I just found this one, so I'm gonna get in about one thirty in the morning, boys. Yeah, yeah. I'm out there shed hunting till dark. <laughs> I'm gonna get to work about. I'm gonna get to the hotel to go to work about one in the morning, but I'm not leaving this. I was trying yeah. to find that other side, man. Yeah, you Never got to. It. You got to. That'd have been. You find an 82 inch clean five side. You're like, you gotta, you gotta keep searching. Right. I, it was still a good hunt. I probably found a 70 inch six side. So can't can't beat that. There's a lot of studs on there. At least three monster shooters and one that was a 140 inch shed, which is still a shooter for me. No oh yeah. What anybody says. All right, moving on to Ingrams. Um, the mounts are done at the end of August. Yeah, all four of them. All four of them, and the custom mounts. So yep. that this is the mounts from last year, which are already done, but we have not displayed yet because nope. we're trying to do a big reveal of all four back to back years on these bucks. That's homie's custom backpack mount. That is epic. And freeze is about as custom as you can get. Oh, I was to say and, on a scrape tree. Yeah, about as custom as you can get. So it's gonna be pretty epic. Um, we're excited to release that. You have seen your seventeen mount. I have not seen my seventeen mount. Yeah. So he uh, crushed my seventeen mount. Yeah. Full sneak, I man. Was, if I you was, guys don't have a full sneak, yeah. that's something you want to think about. I I shot that deer full sneak head down, and that's what I got. Full sneak head down, and I'm like, man, this. Yeah. Pretty fire. Crushed it. But you got to hang it high because it sticks out. Oh, yeah. And I was down at Matt's place there a week ago, and he had his dad had two full sneaks. And I'm like, man, dude, after seeing Cody's, I was like, I'm probably going to get one of them. Yeah. Like, it just looks too awesome. Yeah. Full, full sneaks, super awesome. And it's something that a lot of people don't do. But right. Ingram's like, what do you want? I'm like, well, I shot him like this. He's like, all right. He don't, you know, like yours. You got what? What'd you get? Your homies shoulder semi sneak. Yeah, turned right, I seen homies mold. Up, I was like, this is epic. <laughs> like it's an offset shoulder kind of turn, like pedestal style turn with a head up. I'm like, man, this is it's kind of it's kind of next level stuff. So yep. it's it's pretty. pretty it's kind of like how he was when he was hitting the bush. Yeah, hit yeah. down in front of me, and I couldn't see him. Yeah. So I was like, uh, we'll try that. All right, let's get into scent lock. All right, scent lock. Uh, they're pumping out their new um, Oz line right now. The Oz Radio EZ is out and available for you guys to purchase. Uh, Scentlock.com now. Um, obviously, your Cabela's and your Bass Pros. Um, check out your end caps. And uh, the, the EZ is just like the Oz Radio 400B, um, except there's a little better user interface. And they went down from two buttons to a one-button use. Um, it's a lot easier to understand what mode you're in, if you're in cycle mode, if you're in boost mode, um, or if you're just on the regular on or off off position. So 
no two buttons, just the one button now. So a lot simpler and uh, just props to them for listening to feedback and improving on a product. Yeah. All right, that's it, man. Let's get that's into it. the show. Turkey foot. All right, we got Brandon Silcox from Oklahoma driving home from work, spending some time with us. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're doing good. We uh we got some cold beverages. We're beating you to the punch on that. So uh, <laughs> won't be long. Um, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on. I'm excited to hear the story of Turkey Foot. But before that, uh, go ahead and give a two minute commercial about yourself to the listeners. Of course. Uh, Brandon Silcox, I'm from Ponk City, Oklahoma, located north central region. Uh, oh, what, like I said, we're probably about mm, 40 minutes from the Kansas, from the Kansas line. So, uh, we got some, we got some pretty big deer in the area. Uh, born and raised there. Uh, just recently, I'd say two years, I moved down to Edmond, Oklahoma, working for the, uh, oil and gas industry and, uh, that's where I live at the moment, but my stomping grounds, uh, Ponk City area, that's where all my hunting and fishing takes place. And uh... Nice. Yeah, homie loves Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've spent so much time in Ponca City uh, for work, uh, but Edmonds, Edmonds a lot nicer place to live for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, unfortunately, I'm kind of new to the area, so uh, I haven't really met, you know, a heck of a lot of people that... I can gain access onto their property or, you know, anywhere to hunt. I mean, it's, it's pretty populated. There's a lot of, lot going on. Uh, you know, if you, if you want to get out and hunt and fish and do all that, I mean, it requires a drive, but I'm pretty fortunate. Uh, the place that I do hunt, I mean, Edmond is, or Ponk city is only, you know, like I said, a jump off skip hour and a half and I can, I can hop in a tree, you know, and, uh, with my job, I work seven on, seven off, so I'm blessed as far as, you know, getting ample amount of time to get the job done, you know. Used to, the job, previous job, you'd have a weekend off. Uh, you know, you can get it done, but having those seven days off, you know, whenever you can hunt in the middle of the week, whenever, you know, not everybody else is out, uh, it's it's awesome. I really, really like it. So I'm going to say, and really working seven days in a row ain't that bad because the normal guy works five in a row and only gets two off, but you work two extra days and then you get seven the next yeah. seven off and that'd be you got be like our nice. vacation for the rut but you get it like <laughs> okay the third week of october i'm good for a week you know right the second week of november i'm good for a week <laughs> you know that's that's perfect man uh, oh yeah i'm already planning my i'm already planning the rut i mean in, in february oh yeah i'll be off i'll be off november 7th through the you know 14th heck yeah i can get the job done then so yeah take one week of vacation have three weeks to hunt yeah damn dang that'd okay. be Oh yeah, that'd be epic. All right, well, uh, I uh, I seen your pick on social media, and uh, that you got that buck hat. Buck has a lot going on, so uh, I'd, oh. like, I'd like to get in the story of Turkey Foot and uh, kind of the hunt and the history. All right, yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, trail cams are are pretty big. I I I, I utilize them. I mean they're. In my opinion, they're they're a great tool. They're something that you can get a lot of inventory. Um, and luckily, the place that I have, it's a uh, it's a pretty good parcel. I'm sitting on th oh roughly around 300, give or take a little bit more acres. Uh, 
the surrounding landowners, the, the guys that hunt, uh, they're all from the Ponca City area, you know. So uh, I've grown up around a few of them. So, I mean, I got their phone number. We, we communicate. So we talk about, you know, if this deer's of age, are we going to shoot this deer? So it's kind of cool because, of course, we try to keep these deer on our place. But, it, you know, it, these are free range here they can come and go as they please but like i said we can kind of communicate like hey let's not shoot this deer if he comes in well anyways the story of turkey foot my first encounter he was two and a half and probably oh mid 120s so i know he's young by the pictures i've get i've been getting of him but i'm like holy this guy he's gonna be something if we can just pass him, let him grow, let him do his thing, keep feeding him, keep him coming in the area, don't pressure it, let him let him stay there. Well, I did have a encounter with him at three and a half, and he went from maybe 125 to probably, oh, low 40s, maybe even mid 40s, and this is all in velvet, and he's just, he's a regular. He's coming almost every single day and night. Um, and like I said, being in the oil and gas last year or two years ago, sorry, uh, I was getting a lot of pictures with him. He'd, he'd come in during bow season, but I just knew this guy needs one more year. If I can give him one more year, he's just going to be crazy big. And, uh, I wasn't able to hunt a heck of a lot being, being super busy, which in my opinion, that helped out. But at the same time, I'm like, praying this guy doesn't get, get doesn't get harvested by you know an adjacent hunter that's hunting around the property that i can hunt so uh what would it be it would be the summer of 2018 um like i said i got this i got this job where you know i got a little bit more time uh free time to run cameras um and slip into this area where i know he's been for the last two years and uh it's, it's kind of a, a thick area, kind of a sanctuary. And I'm like, man, I don't want to pressure it, but I know he's living in there based on, you know, previous encounters. And I, I set a, I set a camera up in there and start feeding. And, uh, I'm getting pictures of a five and a half year old. That's a really, really good deer, but I know it's not Turkey foot. And, uh, there's a deer right next to him. That is just a, a giant. I'm like, Oh my gosh. This is an incredible deer. Well, I start putting two and two together. I'm like, you know what? This this deer resembles Turkey Foot uh, a lot. You know, he could be he could be him, or he could be you know his his father. You know, maybe a year or two older. Well, I start kind of going back and looking pictures. Well, from the year before, this guy is you know mid 140s. Well, last year. I'm telling you, he, he exploded. I mean, he ended up grossing, you know, 180s. So he put on, and he, in velvet, they just look extremely big, you know. So he put on probably close to 40 inches. And I'm like, this is this is the target about it. So, uh, you know, I know where he's hiding. I know where he's living. And whenever I go feed, I'm using everything i can you know wind uh 
minimal scent. I park my truck, you know, a mile away. Uh, I don't use a four wheel or anything, just tote corn over my shoulder and walk in, try to be as quiet as possible. So, well, anyways, uh, early October, the season opens here, you know, October 1st. So, uh, I, 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 I've hunted this stand. I've had a stand in this pecan tree. Um, I'll give you a little lay down about the property. Uh, there's, there's no ag for miles and, uh, it's super, super wooded, uh, predominantly with cedar trees, a lot of cedar trees, uh, tall grass, uh, you know, just CRP pasture right behind me. So, uh, in, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's a narrow funnel and these deer are coming from the cedars and then they work their way through the CRP and below me, it's just nothing but white oaks and these deer preseason excellent because the acorns are falling and i've been hunting like i said this this area is like three acres but in all honesty the last uh, several years that i've been in this area i've probably hunt maybe five of it you know and call me crazy but this is that's the proof's in the pudding i mean the camera pictures don't lie this is where these deer always seem to flock to so anyways i got a stand in this pecan tree and uh, got a stand set up about 200 yards north from the pecan tree stand, which is typically my early season stand, just because the the thick bedding, the thick cedar trees are to the south, and normally early season the winds south. Um, so the north stand I hadn't even sit in there. So early October, I climbed down from this stand one morning. And I'm like, man, I need to go check the straps, you know, check this stand just in case the wind happens to switch. And I need to make a need to make a change because if the wind is out of the north, I can't hunt that south stand or else my wind is going to be blowing straight to their sanctuary. You know, the six thick cedars where where I'm almost positive this deer's bedding. So anyways, one morning I, I decide I'm going to get down. You know, it was around noon. The movement was um, pretty much nothing. I might've seen a couple of those, you know, younger, smaller bucks. So I climb down and I go to the North stand and it's, like I said, it's just ate up with scrapes, rubs. And I'm like, you know, these, these trees that he's rubbing, you know, cedar trees are the size of my leg. I'm like, this has got to be a really big mature deer. That's, you know, doing all of this activity. Well, a couple of weeks pass, you know, and I'm, I'm still getting pictures of this deer, but uh, he's moving at night. I got to keep him on me. I got to devise up a plan to harvest this deer. November 17th, I remember it. Uh, to be honest with you guys, I'm, I'm an avid bow hunter. I always have, always have been. But like I said, due to being busy with my job and stuff like that, I'm like, you know, my dad, he typically hunts with me. So I'm like, Dad, I'm going to take the rifle. If this sucker comes out, he's mine, you know. So uh, November 17th, we had a wind switch. Cold front come in, winds out of the north at like, oh, 10 to 15 miles an hour, which is blowing pretty good. And uh, we get in the stand November 17th, 2018. Hard north wind, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I... 
I was getting pretty pessimistic. I was like, I don't know if we're going to see anything, um, but we're here. Let's, let's hope for the best. And uh, it probably was about an hour into that sit. And to be honest with you, first time that whole year to sit in this North stand. And uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's a clear cut where the farmer had taken out a bunch of trees, the cedar trees, and it's about 20 yards wide, but about a hundred yards long. And that's what that deer has been scraping up and down. There's probably six scrapes all about a hundred yards in front of me. So I'm like, you know, if he comes out to check these scrapes, I'm going to be, I'm going to be ready and, uh, I can get a shot. Well, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. There's two, that five and a half year old deer that I told you about earlier. He's, he's got split twos on both sides and he's probably, Oh, pushing, pushing 150. I mean, he's a great deer. Well, like I said, about an hour and a half into the set, I, I catch movement about, oh, 60 yards, and this deer's come out, and he's broadside, and I see split twos. And initially, I think, oh, wow, this is that split split buck, that five-and-a-half-year-old, judging on the body and uh, just a quick glance. Well, this deer takes a few more steps, and he looks broadside right at me, or in my direction anyways, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is not, this is not the splits bug this is turkey foot and he is huge so anyways like i said there's cedar trees all around this place and he he starts making his way right to me i didn't call at him i didn't grunt at him or anything you know the wind's out of the north it's blowing right in my face everything's working in my advantage he starts walking his way towards me to the to a scrape that's probably oh 40 yards and i know he's about to go check it well he gets behind a cedar tree, and I'm shooting a 243. I wanted to shoot my bow, like I said, I'm an average bow hunter, but I was like, I'm taking the rifle. It's I'm, I gotta get I gotta get the job done. So, anyways, he walks out broadside, and what I, the the method doesn't matter in my opinion because I'm I'm super stoked, super happy about you know harvesting this deer, but lo and behold, I shoot him at 36 yards with a 243. That's the way it goes, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, anyways, he, I, I knew the hit was good. Uh, just right on impact, he mule kicked. Uh, back legs go above his rack. I mean, he's hit hard. Um, he takes off running back in the direction he came. Um, emotions were high. I'm sitting there in the stand just shaking like a leaf. I know... I know it's I know it's Turkey Foot. I've I've got you know history with him. I know exactly who he is. But you know whenever something like that comes out and just that's the way I prefer it. But it was nice and quick. I didn't necessarily have time to get really really excited and start shaking and psyching myself out. So that's the way I prefer it too. I want him to come in and I make a split decision. Yeah, I'm doing it, and then I shoot him. I don't want to be like he's coming in. He's coming in. <laughs> He's hanging up. Now he's coming in. <laughs> I just wanted to be there so I don't get my, like I said, you don't get amped up and start thinking about all the stuff that could go wrong or whatever. But Oh, yeah. Like I said, he came out, and uh, initially, I, I swear, I thought he was a completely different deer until he until he looked broadside and, you know, looked directly at me. 
And I was like, oh, there's no doubt about it. No, <laughs> that's him. And like I said, I mean, and then once I did see him turn broadside, like you said, he made his way right to me. And it was just, I grabbed the gun. It was almost instincts from there. I mean, I, I knew exactly what I had to do. And yep. luckily, luckily just let it take its course and made a great shot. Um, he ended up running, oh, 150 yards. I mean, it was a great shot right behind the front shoulder, but it was a roller coaster blood trail. I'm not going to lie. With a 243, 36 yards, I mean, that's a fast flying bullet. Um, it honestly, it didn't open up. Uh, crazy crazy amount of blood trail um yeah it didn't have know, time to mushroom it just shot right through you know what i mean like a field tip exactly so. and uh you know i got down called dad he heard me shoot which was crazy because like i said it was pretty windy and uh i i texted him just to make sure i could call him you know i didn't know if he had if he had deer in front of him or anything like that he said yeah call me so called him and we're both just on cloud nine he's like who was it who was it he said was it big five and a half i said no. it ended up i told him i said no it's not the five and a half it's it's turkey foot it's it's the it's the big you know we we thought that this deer was high 60s maybe 70s you know and uh like i said trail cam pictures he looked big but they they can also be deceiving you know whenever he's in full velvet because to be honest with you i didn't get a picture of him in in hardhorn until oh boy matter of fact the neighbor actually had a picture of him that morning wow so yeah uh, anyways we he i go get dad and we gave him oh an hour and a half and um you know ample amount of time to expire and you know based on the hit i told dad i said oh i'm confident you know we can give him some time but um we can definitely find this deer tonight. And, uh, we, I called up a good friend of ours he come out and, uh, we kind of, we, we kind of go over the, go over the shot, you know, his position was he, was he hundred percent broadside after the shot? What did he do? You know, cause there's no bragging till you're dragging, you know what I mean? So we decide we're going to get down, go look for him. And, uh, like I said, I, I, I went to the exact spot where, the initial hit was and sure enough there's there's a pile of blood i'm like oh he can't go far well like i said it was just a roller coaster because we go about 50 and then it's just pin drops we go another 20 or 30 and he opens up go another 20 or 30 and we're like okay don't move let's find just a little speck and i'm talking that's what we was i'm about the size of your fingernail so i'm i'm all happy and then i'm kind of getting down like happy and then down well Anyways, like I told you before, this place is just surrounded with cedars, and I'm on my hands and knees looking for the next drop, and my dad grabs me by the shoulder. He said, Brennan, and I'm not kidding, that buck was laying up underneath the cedar tree, not three yards from me. If he was a snake, he would have bit me, and he was buried up underneath that cedar tree, and uh, I'm like, you know stop what we're doing i turn around give dad a big hug you know we're just high-fiving you know yeah that's Cla good that's that's so uh, awesome i did got to experience that with your dad that's super cool man oh yeah yeah he's i blame him for getting for getting me into it man he's he had me uh he had me in a blind whenever i was 
from the time I was eight years old until now, and we've shared some pretty good memories. I blame him for all oh, this addiction. Yeah, all the money and time <laughs> sitting in a tree stand doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, freezing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Makes it all worth it, though. So We wrote down a bunch of stuff we want to kind of cover on our end. Um, the first thing I want to say, you know, homie knows this. I got a lot of grief about shooting my buck with a shotgun, um, but... It, it it looks no different on your wall, man. That's what mm-hmm. I tell people. Um, oh, no. I'm an avid bow hunter too. You try to get it done, and I shot mine at 50 yards with a shotgun, and he was going to be closer. You know, what I mean, it's just how it happens. You know, you, right? You use what's in season. You know, you can be a bow hunter or just a hunter in general. I I guess I'm just a hunter in general because I go to Missouri and rifle hunt. I you know I would if I I want to shoot a turkey with a crossbow. I don't know. I think that would be cool. Um, you know, I, I want to, I just use whatever, you know, but I like shooting with a bow, of course, just cause the season's so long, you know, you got so much more opportunities, you get them close, but like I said, I go to Missouri and rifle hunt, so I'm right there with you. So, right. but there is, especially with social media, there's a lot of grief about, I only bow hunt or, you know, we're all one team, shoot what you want to shoot, you know? But I got that out of the way. I had, to, I had to say that. And then another thing, when you said I got a lot of people that make fun of me when I didn't know what buck I shot, just like you, when they first come out and you have a deer that big in your mind, you're like, oh, I'm going to know. Right when I see it, the little bit of an antler, I'm be like, oh, that's him, you know, just because he's so big. But then when you're looking at him, you're like, ah, I don't know. He's that, you know, that that's a nice big deer, but I don't know if it's that big. You know what I mean? Because you're thinking right. 180, you're like, man, I'll be able to tell that all <laughs> right. day. You know what I mean? It's harder when you get that first glimpse and you're trying to decide. And then I think a lot of it's mentally, too, because you're thinking, man, I'm never going to see that deer. That can't be this deer. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, and I'll be completely honest with you. I, I knew he was in the area, and, and you, you just get those jitters. You know, he's in the area. If I see him, this is what I'm going to do. You you play it in your head over and over and over but until you, you you finally lay eyes on him and, and you know that you have an opportunity to harvest this brute, oh, it's, it's unbelievable what, what they do to you. You can, you can go over these different scenarios whenever you're laying in bed at night and whenever you're on your way to the stand. But until that sucker comes out, you, it's, it just does something to you. It's just yeah. incredible. And that's what, that's what drives you to keep on going. For sure. Homie wrote down a bunch of stuff over here. <laughs> I uh, You said he grew 40 inches in one year. I had a buck do that on me. Um, so it's crazy. People are like, you know, I, you know, 140 might be 160. But if he's got the right stuff, he might be 180. You never know. I had a buck go from like 110 to 150 almost, you know what I mean, in a year. And uh, I got the sheds off of him, and you show people the sheds. They're like, they're like, oh, that's two years ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like, no, 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 no man. I got video of him hitting scrapes. I got pictures of him bedded. I got I got a ton of pictures of him. He was a buck that was just like, he was that buck that if you went out hunting, you are going to see, you know, that one that you just see like 82 times a season. <laughs> <laughs> that was him the year before he was 150 when he was like 100 and you know, ten inch deer. I was like, "Up oh, there's that deer again. There's that deer again." So, right, right, yeah. From three and a half, uh, like I told you, he was, he was probably all over one forty. I mean, he was a solid three and a half year old. But um, I knew if if I was going to pass him, I, I'd have to 
communicate with the other landowners around me like this guy is going to be something let's if if we can let's try to pass him because holy cow he's got the he's got the genetics and at three and a half he was a mainframe nine um and the reason we call him turkey foot uh is he's got a normal on his right side if you'll see the pictures he's got a normal g2 but his three comes up it's at three and a half he it was probably i want to say nine and a half inches unfortunately i don't have any sheds of him i tried to look and uh was unsuccessful on finding his sheds but his three on his right side was probably nine and a half inches and he's got a kicker coming off and then a kicker coming off that kicker so envision holding your index finger your middle finger and your ring finger that's that's hence the name you know yeah for sure it looked a lot like a turkey foot so how many scoreable points did he have when you shot him he had 21 21 21 i knew that there was a lot of stuff going on Mm -hmm. in the pick so now i'm not super familiar with oklahoma in that area but a 180 seems like a giant from out of oklahoma i don't know maybe i'm wrong uh that's that's a that's a great deer, honestly, and, and it's a great deer anywhere. But from like Oklahoma, you know, I don't. What's is is a one eighty kind of? Is that more frequent than I think down there? Or man, I'll tell you what. Um, I'll I'll, I'll kind of break it down, and uh, it, it might be the same uh, nationwide. I'll tell you. Um, I can't exactly say the same thing about m- my particular area that I hunt because, like I said uh ag fields aren't aren't very common i i don't know if this buck had ever even seen a wheat field or you know corn field milo field or anything like that but um these deer in my opinion they're getting big due to the fact farmers are going to no-till so if they have a corn field and they cut that they're instead of disking it up they're just drilling it and sowing wheat so these deer have something to eat year round if you think about it. Yeah. But in, in, and it's crazy too, in Oklahoma, you can kill two bucks. So you'd think a lot of guys are going to hold out for, you know, a, a big deer, but yet harvest one, you know, pretty, you know, they'll shoot that three and a half year old. Mm-hmm. But, but like I said, I, we've, we've tried been getting on the same page with everyone, like, especially the guys I'm around, like, Hey, let's let's not do that. You know, yeah, yeah that's we super nice that you got that relationship to be able to absolutely to manage it. But just got so, over there, homie. So yeah, but as far, as far as to answer your question, I, I I've known several guys that get the job done every year on on high high fifties kind of deer, uh, mid to mid to high sixties kind of deer. Um, but yeah, a one eighty. And, and granted, this year was four and a half, so there's no telling what he could have done in one year. But um, a 180, uh, matter of fact, there was an article in the newspaper that actually had my my buck in it. And uh, the game warden in my county scored it, you know, just green score. It hadn't necessarily been officially scored i'm still waiting to get it back from the taxidermist and you know the drying period and all that good stuff yeah but uh according to the game warden in my county it was uh i think he said three that went over 170 so wow that's i mean yeah that's some great deer but to answer your question not not very many 
Yeah, that's when I seen it, and then I seen it was Oklahoma buck. I was like, man, this has got to be some potential. But it's crazy how, like, you th- where people – maybe it's just because people talk about, you know, they don't have as many frequent deer, but they still mm-hmm. get that size. It's just more rare is what I'm kind of, kind of figuring out, you know what I mean? But with no ag, too, I mean, I'm going to sound real dumb to a lot of people <laughs> right now, but are they are they eating them pecans? Yes, yes. Man, I didn't even know yeah. deer would – munch on a pecan the pecan shells are pretty hard yeah, man right? so oh yeah that that it's it's incredible and then and that's another thing you know um that they can that they can get that antler size and and you know be able to consume pecans and um say acorns whenever that's literally all these deer have to eat now granted in in the summertime in the springtime Oh, especially with the ample amount of rain we've had, they've got so much browse. They there's so much that they can eat. But you back to eating, you know, hard shelled uh, fruit, and uh, you know, and maintaining good health and keeping their <laughs> good teeth in their head to where yeah. they, you know, because if they can't eat, they you know they can't put on big racks. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's that's just, that's very interesting to me. Pecans, man. We need to get some pecan trees planted out sure. here. <laughs> <laughs> pecans are acorn trees they're yeah they work oh we got a work. ton of acorns man and we hunt them pretty hard early season but i don't think i've ever seen a pecan tree around yeah. anywhere <laughs> yeah so. we have plenty what, what do you got homie so you said that you had an encounter with him when he was three and a half um we talked to a lot of guys who after they killed the deer and they kind of like you know in the scenario that they of that hunt when they killed him you know they kind of like found the missing piece you know uh did that encounter when he was three and a half teach you anything that you didn't know or something that you were missing on cam matter of fact i'll break that down he actually this deer at three and a half he actually pegged me so i'm i'm bow hunting and it's mid it's mid october and i'm in that south stand uh i call that my my a stand you know um i'm about oh 65 yards from the uh cedar trees and uh it's in the morning late morning and the activity was pretty pretty slow but it was one of those days it's a calm crisp morning i believe there was there was even frost on the ground i'm like man i gotta make something happen it's it's too good of a morning not to not to have anything uh cruise by so i get i get my grunt call out and uh i kind of get soft grunts and uh go behind the stand you know trying to trying to just wake these woods up and uh then i give a couple long grunts you know if anything's bedded hopefully it can hear me there's no wind it's super calm hopefully i can get something on its feet and uh i put i have the uh grunt call around the lanyard around my neck right so i lean down and in my backpack i've got uh just some rattling antlers so i look down and uh grab these antlers because i'm going to start just tapping them trying to wake something up i no sooner grab these antlers i look up and that buck turkey foot you know granted he's three and a half he's standing at 60 yards he come into that grunt call he is eyeing down the base of my tree and i'm froze i got my hands on my hand i nothing i can do you know so I try to put them back in, in the bag 
as slowly as possible and my bow's still hanging on the on the bow hang and i'm egged. There, there's nothing i can do and uh, licking his nose so i know he's trying to he's trying to smell whatever buck is in the area that he came into and you know his ears are forward he's he's on high alert but i'm in no position my hands are tied so i put the antlers down i i'm just ever so slightly trying to reach and grab my bow and uh because initially i didn't know exactly what deer it was and then he starts walking broadside i'm like and i can see that distinctive uh split g3 i'm like okay i know who that is so i wasn't going to shoot him anyways but just the fact that i was caught off guard i had to reassure myself okay i know who that is you know and i wasn't going to shoot him but that was one of the only encounters that i did have of him you know on the hoof at three and a half and uh he was smart you know he came in downwind like he's like you know a mature deer does and uh he was coming to that grunt but that like i said that's one of the only encounters i had with him prior to uh, hunting him yeah i i do the same thing how many times did we grab our bow on that eight pointer last year that was like 110 120 yeah i'd be like buck coming buck coming get your bow and then it'd be that eight pointer and be like oh man <laughs> but you got to get ready man you never know but so but uh one one thing i like like to point out we we hear this a lot you know so he was on your piece in october when he was three and a half and then four and a half he left and it seems like that's a recurring thing on these legends is a lot of times when they're two and a half three and a half they're frequenting cams they're there a lot and then four and a half they just they're gone and they don't come back but maybe just a couple days you know so right that same thing happened on the buck i shot you know he's there in daylight just a couple days only had a few trail cam pictures and then five and a half he's there all again it's like they venture out on that four and a half they must be you know filling their oats and mature they're finally brave enough to go out in some ground maybe they don't know look for some new chicks they're tired of the chicks that they've been hanging <laughs> out with for a couple years <laughs> yeah so but yeah that's that happened that seems to be talked about a lot three and a half a lot of cams and then four and a half they're kind of more nocturnal more hidden um maybe their home range just expands greatly you know what i mean yeah that that could be that could be uh a possibility and like i said um he was he was showing up with uh with that other buck that five and a half year old and and to be completely honest with you you know whenever they were standing side by side this buck that five and a half year old i mean his body swallowed this uh turkey foot deer and uh i, I don't know i mean rack wise no there was no comparison but body size yes yeah and well, hopefully, like, hopefully that five and a half still around this year. He chases oh, the six I, and a half. Yeah, nice. I, I hope so. he's he's gonna be he's gonna be something special. I mean, like I said, he was he was right around the fifties last year, I'd say, and this year he's he ought to be a good one. Uh, I don't have cameras out yet. Um, I mentioned before I'll probably get them out. Oh, mid August is whenever I usually like to start start running cameras, but I'm anxious to see him if he's still in the area and how how big he's gotten so yeah that's me me and homie catch a lot of grief from people because we don't have our cams out either we just 
we are not early season hunters. We've never had success. The earliest I've killed a buck is October 15th. And, uh, oh. I, I just, I've killed two bucks on October 15th though. That's a good day for me, if there's, <laughs> you know, but, uh, it just like the first of October, people are like, Oh, opening day. Like if it ain't cold out, uh, it is just a waste. You know, you can go out in the evening, set on an ag field, you know, and, and maybe have a possibility, but to go in like, and try to get on a buck you got on cam. I tried that a few years ago and it was a utter failure. You know what I mean? So I feel you on right. that. We got, I don't know, like 10 over there on the table right now. Just yeah, right. setting, <laughs> stacked up. We do have four out right now, two, because we're putting so much pressure when we're putting our food plots in. We were like, we might, we're here. We might as well put cams out. And then I, we went out to public and hung a couple. And uh, those have been soaking for a couple of weeks. Probably leave them out for a couple more and then check them and go from there. But it's it's time to get them out now. we we got to make a push and, and get them all out get our scrapes made, get them on them and start, start winding, winding up for, to really start pinpointing them. But like I said, oh. we lose half of everything we got or a third of, or three, three quarters, of every buck that we got on cam. So we get to look at them. We're like, Oh yeah. And then they're gone. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's the thing that, I mean, cameras, like I said, that's, that's one of my, and that's one of my biggest tools. I, I love, I love going out there, getting pictures of them, um, learning a little bit. You know, if you get a deer that's always facing, oh, he's always facing to the right. He is always facing to the right. Every time I get a picture, he must be coming from the left. I mean, they it, they tell you so much. And um, now, granted, you get a hundred pictures of them in velvet, but once you do start getting pictures of them in, if you're lucky enough to start getting pictures of them in hardhorn, one. Uh, you've heard it millions of times once they get hard horns that's when the brain cells start developing yeah they change, <laughs> they change into a completely different animal yeah you know it's like that's that's like you're like one of the first people that's ever been like us and said that most of the time like oh i just get pictures of them every day yeah i'm like what is uh, going on oh we got all yeah. kinds of pictures of them i'm like man if we get three or four pictures of a buck hard horn a year running cams all year it's like they shed velvet and then they disappear for like two weeks and then they'll still be daylight but it's still before season and then as soon as season comes in then we're at night and we're really sporadic even the does the does are like <laughs> okay october 1st time to go nocturnal <laughs> oh, yeah no doubt and it, it's it's not just uh it's not just a phenomenon oh this year they did the it's every year yeah yeah it seems it's, the same they they know man they're like all right it's getting colder I'm hard horn. I got to start thinking. I got to get ready here. But yeah, exactly. I think a lot of it is they're switching their core areas, and you know the bucks that you think you had the October low or whatever. People say I think they just shrink their home range down small because they're trying to conserve energy for that big push that's coming up. You know, they're so instead of the beans are brown. So not walk going to big bean field. They're like, well, I'm gonna eat some acorns. I'm gonna chill close to my bed, hit a water source, and that's gonna be my day because I gotta conserve this energy f- for a month and a half of hardcore rut. You know what I mean? That's right. Well, man, you got anything else, homie? No, I don't think so. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you come on and telling us the story of Turkey Foot. Yeah, I appreciate it, and you know, I uh, I'm actually at an area where I can, I kind of parked. I know I kind of rambled on. I was trying to 
give as much detail and uh, information as possible. Um, no, that was perfect, man. We like it when people ramble because it's easier on our part to to piece in the story. Um, the we like to say it's our podcast, but this is your show. So you're the star, man. So you did it. You did an awesome job. We appreciate. it. Yeah, I appreciate it. This is the outro. <laughs> we got to have some badass intro or outro music going. I was next say, we time. don't have the AC on, so they won't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time. We hear the AC coming back. All right. Yeah. Most of the time, the AC is cranked. They're like, yeah, they're done talking. This is the outro. But, anyways, Turkey Foot, man. I love this story from Oklahoma. Like we said, we're trying to reach out, get different, different states into this legend series. Um, listeners' numbers, man, you guys are crushing it, dude. You guys are loving the legend series. We cannot thank you enough for that. Um, I want and it doesn't matter if it is a bow or a gun kill yeah, exactly. on the legends, and you know, just like you had went into it in there, um, it's kind of hard to, for all three of us to, to yeah. voice our opinion on it. But you know, it is what it is. It, we need it to get a crossbow legend matter. in here. I got to search the web and find a crossbow legend because I feel like everyone, no matter how you kill it, it's still a legend. Yep. and it's hunting, so we need to showcase it, plain and simple. You for know, sure. we've had a couple rifles, we've had guns, we've had bows. We haven't had a crossbow. I'm gonna get my. I'm gonna get in deep on the interwebs and find a crossbow. <laughs> but uh, we haven't done this in a while. If you're listening this long, we know you're a loyal listener. Um, we want to thank you guys. We just w- went over six thousand on Facebook, um, seventy seventy six hundred on Instagram. We're growing substantially fast our tiktok is screaming if you guys want to get on that uh i was just talking to a guy almost 16k on tiktok uh but um we we appreciate you guys you guys have the last six months have really shown some love for us um don't be afraid to direct message us yeah we've been getting a lot more direct messages we started saying that you know and people were getting a little more brave but we 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 like that we like connecting the listeners and we like knowing what you guys like and dislike because we make this show to learn and we also make it for you. So we want the content to be beneficial and you to enjoy it. Right. So whether you just want to talk about the show, talk about a trail cam picture that you just got, um, you know, you're thinking about starting your own show. We've got a few of them. Um, we'll do whatever we can to help you guys out. And, you know, we just enjoy talking deer hunting. So, all right, well, we hope you enjoyed this show. Um, if you ain't got all your trail cams out, it's about time to get them out. Try to get your kids out there with them. That's perfect time to get your kids yep. out hanging cams. I know it's a little bit harder on the scent control, but me and homie, we do it every preseason. We take the boys out there. and they That's push, how we named a buck. <laughs> yeah, they push all the buttons and ruin all the settings on the camera, and you got to reset it. But you're leaving a legacy, and white till legacy's out.